Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, the owner of Townsend Family Law and an experienced family law lawyer practicing in all areas of divorce law in the city of Toronto. Welcome to Divorcing Well. In this week's episode, I'm really excited to have as my guest, Julie Starr, who is an author and a life coach. Julie has written a book called Your Husband Left Now What? which is essentially going to be the topic of our podcast today because Julie works with women who are going through divorce and her book is all about that. And uh, I love the title of the book and uh, Julie sent me a copy and I really enjoyed reading it. So thank you so much and welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thank you, Leanne. Pleasure to be here and excited to reach out to the women who are out there who are listening, who, you know, are wondering now what? Exactly. So why don't you start just by telling listeners a little bit about yourself and how you ended up coming to write this book and and a little bit of your background. Okay, so I actually turned 64 yesterday, which was, whoa. Oh, wow. Well, happy birthday. You don't don't look 64 at all. Thank you. And I don't feel 64, but I am 64. And the beauty of it is it's like I have lived a lot Mm. of life. And a lot of life that um, allows me to sort of see where I am, where I was, and excitingly thinking about where I'm going to go. And that's what I transfer over to my clients and my through my book because life, well, first I'll go into who I am. So I was trained as a dance therapist. Um, I worked in a psychiatric care hospital, but all through my work, I noticed the best work I loved was when it was about empowerment and especially empowerment of women, which we hear a lot about these days, but it's like women generally don't embrace fully who they are. They're often reaching out and helping others. And I really help facilitate them going in and being themselves. So as a dance therapist, I moved into life coaching which I took the movement part of it because I love, I feel that we are body, mind, and soul, and we can tap into all three of those and live our fantastic lives. So I'm 64 living my fantastic life. I wrote this book a year ago. Um, I work with women of all different backgrounds and all different, not just divorce, but divorce hits my heart because 18 years ago, my husband left and shocker and you know we we definitely had issues emotional intimacy issues and but the whole episode of the divorce the legal maze came as a shock and so i wrote the book thinking that hopefully i can help some women well definitely i think your book can um because you know as you just mentioned your experience was that the whole situation was a shock and I know, you know, when I go work with my clients, um, as much as I try to um, make it easy for them, it, it is a shock and it is a very challenging experience. What is like you said, you, you wrote the book about a year ago, but you um, you and your husband separated um, with 18 years ago. So right. what inspired you to find to write it just a year ago? Okay, so the book was an evolution, which is pretty much how my life goes. Things sort of evolve. And originally I was writing a book for men on emotional intimacy, how I, you know, I I interviewed hundreds of women and I had so much research and, but I saw that really 
men were not going to be buying the book. The women were going to be buying the book. And I just left that on my desk, the, the manuscript. And eventually I started thinking about, I just noticed a lot of clients were coming to me whose husbands had left and the, the manuscript just evolved into for the women. And I want to point out what you were saying before that the, the blindsiding that happens for women, it's, it's the initial shock and the disbelief that happens. And I, I always tell women, just allow it to happen. Instead of, you know, it's so true of any problems in life. We often want to go to the solution. But when something shocking happens to you, when you're blindsided, you have to really sit in that grief, not let it take over, especially if you have children, you have to function, you have to get them to school and various things. But you really need to allow yourself to have the grief, the overwhelm. And if you do, which a lot of people are afraid of that, but when you do, then you move into, okay, analyze, strategize, take action. What's, what's my next step? So 18 years, yes, it took to get that manuscript finished <laughs> and done. And um, I'm pleased to report that over the year, I've heard of women who have enjoyed the book. It's on Amazon. It's so funny. I have ratings of one. I guess, you know, people may not enjoy the writing style, but really what the book is, it's a love letter to the women who are lying on their couches. I was one of them. I had no idea what to do. I didn't even know what a lawyer was like. I mean, I knew what a lawyer is, but what, how to find a lawyer, what do you do? And a piece for the women who are listening, whose husbands have left, just to be aware that if a husband is left or if a wife is left as well, generally they have a game plan in place. They've been thinking about this for a while and you don't have to worry. You are behind the eight ball, but you will catch up. You just have to take a little time. Think about, you know, it's that analyze, strategize, take action and get the support you need. Yeah, no, I think that's such an important um, thing to support because, you know, people underestimate um, how stressful separation and divorce is. And I know, I mean, I've read studies where they talk about how next to death of a spouse, divorce is considered to be the second most stressful event someone can experience in their life. And as you touched upon, you know, grief and grieving is like such a, such a part of it that I think people often feel like, you know, they should, why can't I just shake it off and move on? You know, and they don't, whereas if your spouse dies, you know, it's expected that you're going to grieve and it's going to take time and there's going to be this whole process. But with a divorce, people don't seem to be as, as empathetic that that's going to happen. Yes. I have a chapter where people can be weird. And the reason <laughs> I say that is because Oh my gosh, the, the questions people will ask you, the insensitivities. I mean, I'm an empath, which is like 10% of the population. Empath. I am too. <laughs> Welcome to the club. It's, it's very tough to be in, but it's a little hard at times. So being an empath, I sort of watch a person, sort of feel them out, know, try at least most of the time what to say, what not to say. But generally, people don't know. So what I tell women is don't take it to heart. You might need to go home and cry for a bit, whatever. But 
People are doing the best they can, but they don't know how to respond to divorce. People, I had one man stop me in a grocery store, give me, oh, it must have been at least a five-minute lecture about how I'm harming my children and this and that. And then it was one of my daughter's friend's fathers. And then after he, I let him finish, and then I just said, you know, actually, my husband left. <laughs> it was a moment of, oh, my gosh. And we moved on. So you're going to have those conversations. In the book, I do have some very fast comebacks because and you memorize them, something like, you know, oh, you know, what you're saying, what you're asking me right now doesn't sit right with me. I'm going to have to call you back. I'm going to get off the phone now. And I'll, you know, I'm going to think about this and I'll get back to you. And you never have to get back to the person. If people are insensitive to you, and this goes not just for divorce, if people are insensitive to you, you know, you don't need to spend time with them. Exactly. Yeah. Boundary setting. Yeah. And we all need to just surround ourselves with positive, supportive people. And there's no need to have, you know, the other ones in our life. And, um, you know, divorce can often be almost a, cl- a clearing out process too of friends because, you know, there are those couple friends. And, you know, I think you find out like any tough life experience, you find out who your friends truly are when you go through something like this. Totally. And your world will shrink, but that's okay because then slowly you'll pick up one person here, one person there. I also, um, I speak a lot about finances with women whose husbands leave because often the woman has no idea about her finances. And what I say is that you must know your finances. In a happy marriage, you got to know your finances. And your finances are your future self. That means you're taking care of yourself I'm 64 now. What I did when I was 20 or 30 is affecting me now. And what I do today affects me for when I'm 75. So knowing your finances is just one piece, but taking care of yourself. I've lost track of where we were, but yeah, no, I mean, that's like, all of that is so important and finance, you know, the women, I like to think younger women today are um, a little more, sort of financially savvy and involved in that, but they, you know, they may very well not be like, I know, you know, in my generation, um, you know, there's a lot of women who um, stayed home and, you know, the, the husband was still the primary breadwinner and they weren't as involved in finances. And I mean, I'm a lawyer for Pete's sake. And when I was married, my husband still did, you know, he kind of took care of the finances more so than me. And, and when I had to start going out and, you know, worrying about mortgages and, you know, car payments, if I was leasing a car and how to go, even though I negotiate for a living, like doing these things for myself, it, it was very unnerving yes. and, and difficult. And that, that is very normal because there are financial advisors who, if you look at their personal finances, are a wreck because their finances are not only the dollars and cents in the math, it is also an emotional situation, you know, where you're coming to for finances, what you brought up, you were brought up with. And Barbara Hewson, formerly Barbara Stanny, is an amazing women's empowerment financial coach. I mean, she's a New York bestseller. Her father was the H&R Block, was one of the brothers. And 
she teaches women, you know, in such a, an emotional way of how to do investing, budgeting, and budgeting should be fun. You know, knowing what you, women are afraid often to look at their finances, but once you break through that wall, then you look at your finances, you know what you need to, you know, if you're in debt, what you need to pay back, and then you can start having fun with it. It doesn't have to be scary. It has to be systematic and one step at a time and knowing, finding the right support. And this takes us back to support. Getting the right lawyer, so important. Getting the right financial advisor, so important. I'm in the field of the emotional support, getting the right, you know, even if you just go to coaching for a month or to a psychologist for three months, I mean, that's really three months is where the work, I was a therapist before, and now I'm a coach. And I would say that to get anywhere, you need at least three months to break through and get to the issues. But I really also believe it's a lifetime. And while I'm listing off all those important areas, I want to segue a little bit to movement, which doesn't seem connected, but it is. As a dance therapist, I know that when you move your body, your psyche and your soul functions better. So whether it is a walk every day or a Pilates class, or I do Feldenkrais, it's any type of movement because when you're moving, you're releasing. And with divorce, there is so much negativity. As a divorce lawyer, I can only imagine how much <laughs> negativity you are surrounded by. And you need the tools. My cousin, Bob Coven, advocates a lot for mental health issues. And he talks about the toolbox, having a toolbox of either it's affirmations, like what you say to yourself, physical movement, um, list making, if you're a list maker, you know, writing down the great things that happened in your day. So you can look at that the morning that you wake up and you're totally depressed. And that's normal. People are so afraid to admit that they get down or they get depressed. That's just part of living. Some of us who are empaths have the ups and downs a little more, but, you know, feel your feelings. For sure. And, and you know, it, it is unfortunate because we live in a society where, you know, where so many people are medicated and self-medicated. And again, I'm not against, you know, people using medication so if it's is, helping them. There is, uh, a place, there is a definite place for medication. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see there's a place for therapy. There's a place for, I'd say if everyone went to therapy, the world would be in a great shape. Uh, the right therapist, um, therapy, coaching, and drugs, because biochemistry has a huge part of not only mental health issues, but our daily living. So yes, you have to have a wonderful GP. I'm so blessed with Dr. Eckler, who's a wonderful GP. You've got to have a great GP. You've got to have good support people. And yeah, no, it's it's so important. Um, now, if there's someone out there listening to this podcast and, you know, they're lying on their bed and they don't want to get out of bed and their husband just left them, mm. what, what are, you know, sort of three things you would want to say to that person? Well, we've said a little bit about it. So the first thing I would say is feel your grief. 
I remember when my husband left, oh my gosh, the next morning I was having my carpets clean by a man who's been coming to me for 20 years. And he opened the door and I just burst out crying. He's such a lovely person. And he just sat down with me and we talked for a few moments. So then I picked myself up. So number one, we're back to feel the grief appropriately, which means when your kids are home, you it's our job to be as together, not Pollyanna-ish, not fake, but as much as we can to pull ourselves together in front of our children. I have three daughters and they knew that I was going through something big. They were going through something big. They were 16, 14, and 10 at the time. Their dad had left. But I tried to take my grief and wait till they went out the door and then get back into bed. So feel your grief. Number two, back to the point we've talked about, get support. If you've got to get a mortgage, get a good bank manager who's going to be helping you. I mean, the first support you really need is emotional support. Your family and friends will be there, but some of them just are not empaths, will not know how to support you. So professional support, whichever form it is, is a great idea. You can read books, but it's not the same as one-on-one talking or a group setting. There are group settings in churches and synagogues, like you can find a group. And number three, so important, is to find a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. I went through three lawyers, uh, not, not I, and I hear this is very common. The, um, you know, one, somebody had advised me to go to a lawyer and then he told me, don't change lawyers. He's not putting preference on your case. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, oh, okay. I switched around so much to the point where I lost my retirement funds. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. So what I tell people is find a good lawyer. Leanne, you are a good lawyer. I don't even know how you do the, I don't know how you do the court part. But I know how you do the personal part. And you, Hintel Grossman in Massachusetts, I've met, who is amazing. And yeah, find a lawyer. Not, not only is your lawyer is not your psychologist. Your lawyer is not your coach. I wasted tens of thousands of dollars listening to my lawyer's trips and me letting him know about my agony of what I was going through. No, I should have been saying that to a friend. That was my fault. I didn't know, but I should have been speaking to a friend or gone to my coach, my wonderful coach, Catherine Wood, for 20 years. So it's like, get the support from the right sources. Don't waste your money. No, I think that's really important. And I mean, I know it's hard because I, you know, I find situations that I have where, you know, something's just happened in court, for example, and the client, you know, is very upset. And so, of course, they're going to, their lawyers, they're with them. Their lawyer's the first person they're talking to. So there is going to be some of that quasi coaching, quasi psychologist part. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I would say to, to, to people out there and to my clients, like, that's fine, but then just like vent right. for, you know, like five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever it is you want, but then go to the appropriate 
person to to process it and and really deal with it because I, I'm not a psychologist. Um, you know, I am an empath and I'm sensitive to people's feelings, but I'm not a psychologist. Just, I don't just, have the training, um, you know, to help people that way. And so, and I think, you know, I think it's interesting that one of your top three is to find the right lawyer because, I mean, I have a bias in this, obviously being a lawyer, but I do think it's so important. And I think a lot of people, you know, they feel rushed, you know, so they ask their family and friends, who do you know that's a family lawyer? And they take the first name that's given to them or they mistake the pit bull lawyer oh. as being oh. you know the right one for them and and that and in some cases a pit bull lawyer maybe is the right one but it's not always the right one because those lawyers often are the ones who run up the big legal bills and help escalate the conflict in some ways but a lot of people think they just want someone who's going to be really tough and fight 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 and and that's not always the right thing we have covered so many things in what you've just said. Yeah. I, want to, I want to step back, go back to the woman who's lying on the couch. When you're lying on that couch, I mean, I didn't even know what a lawyer was. Never mind, like, what type of lawyer, what type do I want mediation? Do I want, you know, the, I, I was taken to trial, but I, I didn't want trial. And or it ended up, I had an amazing judge who, who just would not stand for it the, for pre-trial. Um, Judge Shaughnessy, he was incredible. If you're in a bad situation, okay, let's get to the woman on the couch. You don't even know what to do. So first, I just want to tell you, take a breath. You're going to figure this out. Um, pick up, if your husband's left, pick up Vicki Stark's book, Runaway Husbands, The Abandoned Wife's Guide in- to Recovery and Renewal. And I don't like the word abandoned, though, because you've got to know. You've got to be your own hero, which means this is his choice. It has nothing to do with you. You've got to use your strength. I mean, I'm a powerful woman. Sometimes that's, you know, and I, I don't overpower people. I love people, but I stand in my power. And that's what I want all women to do. That means knowing who you are and loving who you are. So you're going to get off that sofa soon. But before you do, you'll ask around. Um, the chapter on the legal maze in my book, I, I start off with this sentence. It was my accountant at the time for my husband and I. And he said to me, Julie, do you have a lawyer? I said, no, I can't even get myself off the couch. And he said, to, he said implicitly, get one. So I had to start looking. Um, I do believe in a higher source. So sometimes we're guided. So I was definitely guided a few places all over the place. But um so to the woman on the couch, you're going to make it through. When you make it through, you're going to get to the legal maze. This is what Leanne's talking about. The pit bulls, the if your soon-to-be ex is confrontational, which they call it a high-conflict divorce. Never heard of that in my when I was going through it, but I knew I was just, I mean, I have a chapter on being, um, I didn't know what was coming at me, and I was just trying to answer everybody and fill out papers and do, but I could not move fast enough for everybody until I realized I have the power. I can say, stop. I need a minute here. And, um, but if your ex-husband has, has chosen a pit bull high conflict way in divorce, it's going to be very hard for you. And I'm, I'm with you all the way. I, 
I feel for you. And you're going to make it through and you'll find the way. But that is a hard way. If you're with somebody who just was uneasy, unhappy, whatever, he wants to work with you, mediation is a wonderful process because you don't lose all your money to the accountants and may lawyers be blessed, but you don't lose all your money to everybody else. And you can have it for your children and for your future life. So yeah, it is a process. The legal maze is a place I have never been in my life. I've had cancer. I'm diabetic and I live on the, I live on the insulin pump. It's like, and thank God I love my pump. And it's like, you know, I've been through a lot in my life, but I have never lived through anything like waiting in those hallways to see if I was going to trial or not. Yeah, yeah it's really stressful. Um, and I'm just noticing the time and there's so much, to, I'll, maybe I'll have to have you back for a second episode oh, there's thank so much you. to talk about. Um, but just in terms of um, maybe a, a takeaway um, from your book, what, you know, what would be kind of, I know we've talked about like so many important things, but if there's, you know, sort of something that we haven't covered yet that you would like, you know, the listeners to hear that you think is important, what would that be? Okay, so this is so vital. It's the other woman. I'm going to call it the other woman. And often, I would say about 80 to 90% of the time when a husband leaves, there's often a soft place for him to land and there's somebody out there. May he be blessed. And I tell women to give the other woman the situation and your ex-husband's behavior in the situation no power energy or time a day. And I use those three, no power, own your power, no energy, like don't allow yourself to be completely drained or time a day, which means there's a lack of integrity there. It has nothing to do with you. If somebody wants to leave a marriage, speak honestly, let yourself, let the two people talk and may you be blessed and leave. But if there is this other woman, which means there's been lies and cheating going on for some time, it means you do not have to. It's not about you. So it comes into one sentence, which is, there is no shame when he leaves. Brene Brown's work on shame is wonderful to read because it's all about, you know, you got to own who you are, be your own hero. Whether you're going through a divorce or not, that's just a bottom line. I tell all my clients, like, be your own hero. Know your finances. Know your, you know, boundaries. Know everything to for that better life. And your kids will benefit because you, if your your kids your kids don't have to see you being fake and like, oh, everything's fine, kind of thing, because everything's not fine. Yeah, but it will be good. And so that's it. No shame when he leaves. And if there's another woman, you know, often women don't know that the guy is married. So those women should be blessed. But the women who know someone's married, you know, I always say just it's not an integrity to be with someone who has another partner. It's just, you know, it's it's not in truth. No, you know, definitely. And, um, you know, it's and as you said, like in some cases, the. The, the other woman doesn't know. Um, but, you know, and there are many cases where, 
She does. And, you know, there's always that old saying, if uh, he cheated with you, he may very well cheat on you. Uh, so that's always <laughs> karma. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we just, it's true for the whole world, especially now in these COVID days, we all just have to be kind. I say, agree to disagree. And, you know, there's so much conflict going on. We can just, conflict only comes when you expect everybody to believe your truth. There is sometimes a real truth, like there is being honest is being true, but we just all need to like open our hearts and just be good to one another. And if a marriage is failing, then there has to be dialogue. I believe if you have kids, you go to therapists, you try to work it through, but if it can't, I mean, I've seen very few, but some good divorces where the people just could not live together but they were kind and honest to each other and the kids do well. Yeah, no, it does happen. Now, if someone is interested in purchasing your book, you mentioned it's for sale. You can get it on Amazon. Um, I can post the link when I post the podcast. And if someone out there listening is interested in learning more about you and what you do, how can they find you? So my, my business is called possibility life coaching for women possibility because we live every day and, you know, I'm 64. I've got lots of living to do. And I believe in my possibility, what's in my future. So you go to possibility, singular, possibilitycoaching.net. And I coach with women on a monthly basis. But I mean, some of my clients have been with me for 10 years, 10 years, four years, whatever. And it's like, basically, you know, look at your situation. The, the tagline of my business, analyze, strategize, take action. First, analyze, what do you need now? What are you going through? What do you need? Do you need a book? Do you need a, a coach? Do you need a therapist? Because coaching and therapy are different. Coaching is present future. Therapy, you take a look back. I mean, we do a little look back in coaching as well, but, and, or, you know, do you need a lawyer now? What do you need? And then you strategize, figure out how you're going to do it and take the action. You can lie on that couch Make sure you give yourself, I lie on wood floors. I love the grounding, but it's like, give yourself that time. The challenge is to keep the pain from crushing you. So you got to keep moving forward. And whatever that means for you, do not take another person's opinion. It is whatever is right for you. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for uh, talking with me today. And as I say, I'd love to have you back another time too. And we can uh, expand on some of this uh, stuff in your book and this topic, because uh, I think there's so much to unpack. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you. And thank you to my listeners. Please like, subscribe, and join me here again next week on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do. Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits mm -hmm. for me. You know, we went for a drive 
told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to, you have, to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People Podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.